0: Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host.
1: Yeah, I'm Gavin McGough. I'll be your host this evening. Um, welcome to another edition of Off the Record, and thanks for joining us. Uh, we're devoting our fall um, Off the Records to election coverage. So uh, during any of our election shows, you're welcome to call in with a question at 970-728-4333. Um, and... Uh, During those shows, when you call in, if one of our candidates uh, or a speaker on a certain issue um, is in the middle of an answer, when you call, please stay on the line and we'll bring you up when we're ready. So if you don't hear us right away, don't hang up. uh, Just stay on the line and we'll bring you in soon. Um, And tonight we're doing the first of two election forums with candidates from Telluride Town Council. Uh, And I'm joined by three candidates for council here in the studio. Just to note here, uh, we'll be discussing these issues next week with the remaining three candidates. There are six candidates in total, and they are running for um, two seats. There are two seats open on council. However, depending on the outcome of the mayoral election, there might be three seats open. Um, So while you're listening to the show... um, yeah, we can keep that in mind. Two or three seats up on council, six candidates. Uh, and uh, yeah, let me introduce our guests. Uh, in studio this evening, we have Lichet Betten, Ashley Story, and Jonathan Yassine. Um, thank you all so much for being here. Feel free to say hi. Hi. <laughs>
2: thank you for having us. Hi, Koto listeners. Hi, everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, Candace, I'm going to ask you to get nice and close to your mics um, so our listeners can um, hear you super well. And uh, thanks, thanks all for coming on. Um, and I'm going to begin the program by giving each of you a couple of minutes just to introduce yourselves uh, with an opening statement. However you see fit, uh, whatever sort of details um, you'd like to share. And Liseh, you're in seat one, so you take us away. Got
3: it, the hot seat. All right, well, hello, Telluride residents. My name is Liseh Betton, and I'm excited to announce my candidacy for Telluride Town Council. I'm deeply committed to our community and believe that by working in solidarity, we can create an equitable solutions for all through inclusivity and social cohesion. I've been proud to call Telluride my home for the past decade. It's the place where I met my husband, Sean, and we have built our lives along with countless amazing friends and community members. We are extremely fortunate to own a Telluride d restricted condo, which has provided us the stability to both grow and prosper in the community. I have an extensive background in business and marketing and a Colorado real estate license that I hang with Telluride Properties. I've had the unique experience of working in the Tayride Lodging community, providing an extremely rewarding experience, yet also a very challenging and contentious experience over the last few years in our town. I served four years on the Ecology Commission, and I currently serve on the Planning and Zoning Commission, the Public's Arts Commission, and the Vending Subcommittee. I am passionate about our ecology, economy, and environment. I'm a connector, communicator, and community activist. I enjoy the outdoors, traveling, music, culture, and cultivating relationships. I value equality, equity, and diversity, and I enthusiastically support engagement, transparency, and balance throughout the entire region. I'm a fervent supporter of the arts, and I believe that culture generates social capital, and it strengthens a a community's character, which I happen to feel is Telluride's superpower. I believe Telluride deserves nothing less than excellence. I'm committed to work tirelessly to keep commute, uh, sorry, create a community that supports residents of all socioeconomic levels to both thrive and prosper. I look forward to serving the Telluride community and being part of the necessary conversations and equitable solutions that we must create to unitedly move forward.
1: Thank you. Um, Ashley, would you like to go next?
3: Uh,
2: I will go next. Um, uh, hi, I'm Ashley Story, um, I'm 35 years old and I'm a fifth generation Telluride resident. Um, I graduated from Telluride High School in 2006, then attended college at Colorado School of Mines from 2006 to 2008. I then transferred to CU Denver where I graduated with a bachelor's degree in philosophy. I returned to Telluride full time in 2011 where I worked for the Sheridan Opera House um, until 2014 when I started my own business on my family's ranch called Telluride Sleighs and Wagons. Uh, I also serve my community as an election judge and a deputy coroner. I am an independent broker with Telluride Real Estate Brokers and work for the Telluride Bluegrass Festival and Blues and Brews Festival. I am, a pa- or I am passionate about the arts and uh, currently serve as board president for Telluride Theatre. I believe I have a broad and unique perspective around the hurdles that affect our community, and I look forward to bringing creative and collaborative solutions if elected.
1: Thank you, Ashley. Um, and Jonathan.
4: My name is Jonathan Yasin, and most of you do know me. I'm probably best known for my stellar public record um, of service as your dinner host and the MC of many, many shot skis at their bar. Um, or maybe it's a bike ride or a hike to maybe it's sharing laughs at the park as we watch our young children play but you may not know me personally or what makes me tick and where my values and where my sense of judgment comes from. I was raised by small business owners. I am fifth generation to the San Juan Mountains. I was born and raised in Durango. I've spent most of my adult life and my teenage years working in the hospitality industries of both towns. Um, and I've also spent decades of my life traveling in tow with my dad who supported his family in Durango by designing and building signs and then specifically for small businesses and large developments in Telluride and other ski towns. So this means I played in the streets of Telluride when they were gravel, I got to ride the gondola when it was brand new, and I witnessed all of our peer resort communities grow from gravel to glam and mature into the Vales, Aspens, IntraWest branded resorts of today. And that let me witness how some of them have become greater and others have lost their charm and their character and their livability. In Telluride, I have a really unique um, path. I, I've lived um, the experience of both an employee and an employer. I moved here with $900 cash, a ton of student debt. I lived in laundry rooms and lofts until the time I graduated into a bedroom of my own and then a deed-restricted property one day. I know what it takes to run a successful business while growing a brand, maintaining energy, and supporting my team. In addition, my time on the Open Space Commission, which is my formal foray into public service, has given me experience in preserving and enhancing the landscape that we all love and want to live in, and it's also helped me teach, I'm sorry, it's taught me how different entities work together in Telluride for common goals, and how to navigate occasional disagreements. So I look forward to these public discussions so you can get to know me even better.
1: All right, thank you. Um, Before we dive into some of the issues, I'm just have a couple questions kind of generally about the position of town council. Uh, In many ways, it is work uh, of public service and a position of public service. Um, For each of you, will you go a little bit into uh, what is your call to serve? Um, And in addition to that, knowing that uh, governing here is a collaborative process, um, kind of how do you think about uh, your leadership style um, and engaging with future constituents?
2: I'm happy to go first <laughs> um, this is Ashley um, so you know I having grown up in this community it was really modeled from me at a young age that serving your community um, is a part of of living here so my family um, you know were the fire chiefs and the election officials and the mayors of, of past days and it was something that was always um, really ingrained in me as it's just a part of, of a small community that we all have to chip in and we all have to work together um, to make this place really great. So you know my my background um, in community service has mostly been focused around my position as a deputy coroner for San Miguel County. Um, that's obviously a very <laughs> unique job, um, but it allows me to get to really connect with my community in a, in a very different way. I think that sometimes Telluride gets really wrapped up into like you know, the partying and the fun and all of that, but really getting to see each other at moments when we're vulnerable and need help, I think fosters a really uh, great empathy for for our community and how we really are are there for each other and care about each other. So um, that for me is is a a big part of why I'm running, is I feel like this is kind of the next next thing that I can do for my community is be involved at this level and... um, and be a leader. I've, um, I started my own business when I was pretty young. (laughs) I um, am a much better leader now, um, than I was back then. And I think that, um, that the lessons that I learned in starting my own business and just the, the grit and the kind of fortitude you have to have to do that, um, really excelled me as an adult. And I think that, then that has allowed me to move into, you know, serving on nonprofit boards, currently as the, the, the board chair, the president for Telluride Theater. Um, and I think that empathy and collaboration and just general like community spirit are, are kind of the biggest, um, the biggest things that I like to bring as a, as a leader that I really think that when, when we get down to it, if you've chosen to make Telluride your home, no matter which road you took to get here, um, whether that was even just being born here and choosing to stay, that you know that shows me something about who you are, and I think that that ultimately, as a community, we have a lot more in common. We have a lot more to gain working together um, than I think people are, are are recognizing right now. And so that's my hope. Um, if I get elected to town council, is that um, you know that collaborative, you know, community-minded. Um, empathetic side is what I, what I hope to bring to the position.
1: Jonathan, would you like to uh, jump in next?
4: Yeah. Um, so the question is, essentially why serve? And I think that for me, you know, all of us love Telluride and we want to see the place do well and that's another way of saying that we care about our friends and our neighbors and the people who live next to us, and also who visit here and we build relationships with over our time here. And um, there's a responsibility in living in a small community to participate in it. And it's been incredibly rewarding in the hospitality industry to be able to grow from a bottom of a team to eventually lead a team and get to know everyone along the way and you know you get to know fellow coworkers as um and what they're going through and their highs and lows and you get to know people who are visiting once or many times and what turns them on and why they keep coming back and it just makes you love the town more and over time you see uh, you see opportunities to make it better and that that really motivates me Tell Telluride tends to be pretty contentious at times and really, really fun at other times. And, um, you know, I'm a bridge builder and my leadership style has been collaboration. Always, if I have any, um, any teammates out there, hear me talk about collaboration. I think some of you have pulled out your hair wondering why I'm not one of those people who's like, do it like this come on, just tell me what to do. I love to collaborate and arrive at the best way with people. And that's always just been my shtick there. Um, And so in town council, that's my natural disposition. If I'm trusted in this position and I have the opportunity to serve, I'm always going to look for the ways to include everybody and um, make it fair and equitable and inclusive everywhere we go.
1: Thank you. Cliche.
3: Um I couldn't agree more with the statements that you my fellow candidates have said um not to reiterate those same uh statements, but I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs and athletes um whether it was football or soccer um but it was always team oriented and it that's what I learned from a very young age is that you know you have a place in a team and you have a common goal, and you 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 together can um, move that forward and hopefully with the right team members and the right communication and the and the right respect of your fellow teammates that you can achieve your common goals. And um, I've always been active in the community. Um, I've always felt the need to serve and the desire really to just um, speak for my fellow um, residents and just try to help make this community as you know be the best that it can be um, and then more more importantly more recently um, the opportunity to serve on council I just felt like there's a lot of important issues that I feel like the board needs representation um, whether that be you know the, the affordable housing and the desperate need to um, retain our amazing Residents um, to be able to thrive here, to you know the economies that we have here, whether it's the the resort or if it's um, lodging and real estate and second homeowners, um, part-time residents. I think we all are. We make up our community, and we all need representation and we need to be heard. Um, So that's I I felt that the need to really kind of step up. to put my best foot forward and just listen and uh, just be empathetic and, you know, really from a, a place of respect and kindness, kind of hopefully bring our community forward together, and that's what I hope to do
1: Excellent Alright, this uh, first question here is going to this next question, I should say, is going to dive into the issues um, sort of a long one, so prepare yourselves <laughs> Uh, one of the major focus areas that town council has been reckoning with over the past year is a pileup of critical infrastructure needs facing the town of Telluride. Uh, and with that, the immediate surrounding area, uh, there's the hospital district, which is planning the construction of a new facility at society turn and is meanwhile facing uh, sort of a financial disaster basically, um, in terms of a lack of funding, um, The gondola is going to need a full replacement in the next few years, so that will certainly be a large issue for the next council, um, given that terms are four years long. Uh, And the wastewater treatment plant is due for a major expansion and is extremely overextended at the moment. Um, Realizing that affordability is already a huge issue in our community, what's your philosophy on navigating these demands while um, recognizing that they could come at a high cost to taxpayers? Cliche. Do you want to jump in first?
3: Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, So I've actually been on a bit of a listening campaign myself because I really wanted to learn about some of these issues. Uh, What you just reiterate, uh, what you just said, was uh, we all kind of know that there's concerns, but I really wanted to understand the gravity of some of these um, these things. The medical facility. Obviously, we need improved access to care, comprehensive services, advanced technology. It's really essential that we get this development of the new medical center. It's a regional-driven effort, and it's not just a necessity anymore. It's really a moral imperative, and we need to invest in the health and well-being of our of our of our community, the future prosperity of the entire region, and we really need to come together to prioritize this and support this critical uh, facility. And by doing so, we'll ensure that our residents receive the high-quality care and that they deserve, really, and that we continue to thrive throughout the years. And not to mention, obviously, that you said the infrastructure. The, the wastewater treatment plant, I think that might be the highest, most critical um, concern in our area. Water is the common denominator. I mean, it doesn't matter how much money you have and or how long you've been here, really, uh, it's the most vital resource with the most immense and important, both locally and globally, it uh, extends to all aspects of life, the environment, the economy, and our wastewater treatment plant has an aging infrastructure that was built in the 70s with a, a capacity uh, constraints I think of about thirty to fifty years and where we're due and we can't move forward. we can't build more um, at this point it's possible that we could all building permits could get pulled uh, because we don't have the capacity to build anymore, regardless if it's affordable or if it's, um, you know, uh, not (laughs) affordable. Um, Our town water treatment facility is a vital component of the community's well-being, and we cannot afford to ignore it and its infrastructure concerns any longer. So by addressing these challenges, we can guarantee uh, access to safe and clean drinking water for generations to come. And as your town council representative, I'm committed to working to make sure that this vision is a reality. We need to modernize the infrastructure. We need to expand the capacity and enhance um, the quality of the, uh, of the drinking water that's in the in near future. We need to ensure that the water uh, remains the cornerstone of our town's health and prosperity. Um, so with that, I that's definitely high on my list. And lastly, obviously, the gondola. It's, it's, we all know that this is a looming deadline that we had and it's a big uh, ticket item of somewhere around the neighborhood of $50 million. Um, but it's not just the gondola. It's, we need to figure out parking. We need to figure out more green transportation methods in general. Um, I feel like, you know, I, I'm guilty of it too, driving to Clarks in my, in my 4Runner because I don't have another car and that just seems so uh, extravagant because I just feel like we're such a small town and w- we can figure this out together. We're creative, we're smart. And it's important, and I feel like it's going to be um, this infrastructure issue is at the very, very, very top of the list. And I'm I'm committed to uh, helping solve the problems.
2: Uh, thanks, Lichey. Um I'm gonna I'm not gonna repeat everything that she said, <laughs> <laughs> but what I am gonna say is I think that the what this is presenting us is our our town council and our community government has to has to work in an environment of and. I feel like if, if we're stuck in an or situation, it's this or that, this or that, that's when we get into these kind of multiplier issues of we have to assess each issue that comes to us with a holistic vision. So it's an and uh, mind state, you know, mind state of mind. Um, and so that is really how I want to approach a lot of these issues is that I, I feel like sometimes when they're presented, like, as these individual medical center, gondola, um, water sewer treatment plant, schools, uh, roads, like, that that seems like you have to choose your favorite fighter and then, like, put them into battle and everything else has to get taken away. And I think that if we approach with, an, with a really a holistic view of you know each of these things are intertwined with the other and you know the gondola is going to have it has is going to have effects on you know the economy and small businesses you know that the the water sewer treatment plant could have huge huge issues with you know building and just livability of our town it's like we we can open our kind of our eye up to you know how we're going to solve these problems without potentially creating other issues for us down the road. So my hope is that if I'm elected to town council, that, you know, we can start really looking at these these problems and while, you know, encapsulating a really broad scope um, of, of the issues that we all have, even beyond those, and then also looking at that we're not doing... Um, That we're not making uh fixes that are temporary, that we're not we're not looking to just do kind of band-aids and you know, quick things to kind of get us past this so we can start talking about the next thing. I think that it it really has to be done with an eye for, you know, 30, 50 year plans. And I think that um, you know, that I think that the community is is ultimately ready for that. I think that they're really wanting to kind of look at tackling these issues with an eye to, okay, how, are, how do all of these things interconnect? How are we going to work to solve all of these? And, you know, the financial bit is, is a big piece of it, and I think that there, you know, we have to really take into account how each of these things affect, each of these potential problems could affect our economies, how that affects tax dollars, how that affects, you know, our our ability as a community to ultimately pay for them. So I think that again it's it's an, an and and a really a big broad lens that we have to look at it and that way we don't get into a position of of we gotta fix this one little thing and then this little one thing and then little thing. It's like a big idea, the plan, the roadmap for how we're going to improve across the board in in a lot of different areas. Thank you.
4: Everybody else spoke so well on this, and I don't want to be repetitive. Um,
2: it sucks being the third person
4: to go. <laughs> it really does. I got to jump in faster. <laughs> well, you, you know, a lot of what is being discussed and what we're grappling with is growing pains. And not everyone loves growth, but I think that this community has reached a point where we're all accepting the growth. Um, some of us are more excited about it than others, but we're accepting it and we're rolling with it and we're open to it. And that's a great place to grow from. Um, that's a great basis to start and we're going to need all of the ands, not the ors. And a lot of what's motivated me in the last couple of years is realizing this is around the corner and as a community, are we prepared for it in terms of, uh, everyone willing to see it happen versus versus lamenting the growth and resisting it um we feel that softly in different industries in different circles of people and i think everyone wants the same thing which is a healthy telluride where we all thrive and we can grow and we can grow sustainably and responsibly and manage how it happens um Really, I think that whoever gets elected in this next council is going to, one of our biggest responsibilities is going to be how do we create an economy and support it and feed it so that we have the resources to cover these vital needs. Of course, that's wastewater, and I'm sorry, that's clean water and adequate wastewater facility. That's the moral imperative of health care. And then when we're talking about healthcare i want to say something that isn't the most popular thing to talk about but it's so important and everyone knows what i'm going to say it's the mental health component and mental health is such a it's such a delicate topic for people but it's also one of the most profound things that we have to deal with in our lifetimes with friends or personally or family and i As a candidate and potentially as a representative, I will always bring up that I want to expand funding and resources here, and I think that that's just something I want to include in the conversation. Um, That's not infrastructure, but that's a vital human need, and that's what infrastructure is. Um, When we go to replace the gondola, God, it's going to be expensive, and it's going to hurt. It's going to be wildly inconvenient for all of us, but um, we'll get through it as the town does, and we need to figure out how to responsibly grow, and that we are, we are embracing the change and doing it in a sustainable path, and, um, and preserving community along the way.
1: Thank you. Uh, listeners, you're tuned in to... Sorry, my mic was a little bit down. Uh, listeners, you're tuned into Off the Record on Kodo. This is a candidate forum with three of the candidates running for a spot on Rides town council. Uh, we're about halfway through our show. Um, so please give us a call if you've got a question. The number is 970-728-4333. Uh, when you call, stay on the line and we'll bring you on air as soon as possible. Um, and just because you have a lot of issues, uh, candidates, I'm going to give a, like a two minute warning or something just, I mean, not warning, but, um, notice when your answer has reached two minutes, um, just so you can keep track of time and I won't cut you off or anything, but, um, yeah, then you'll just know <laughs> the two minutes has passed. from the
2: other candidates.
1: Um, yes. Don't, don't hog the airwaves, the precious airwaves. Um, I think, you know, we, we just touched on, um, infrastructure. Some of the answers touched on growth and basically we have to talk about housing, which is, um, you know, kind of, a uh, an always huge focus at every town council meeting, um, whether in the background or in the foreground of their work. Um, you know, many describe the current situation with housing and Telluride right as a crisis, uh, whether or not you know that is your specific perspective um what steps would you take to move this community um in the right direction on uh the housing issue um what what would you like to see? how would you like uh your work as town council to um respond and Jonathan um we can start with you this time around
4: yay, okay, so very complex and this is a town problem this is a problem with our neighbors our friends ourselves and it's a regional problem and there's a lot to be said here um as a candidate i'll say that i support housing wholeheartedly i believe that as much of it as makes sense and is possible should be in town We are at risk um, of not being able to house our essential workers and our first responders and all of the people that really matter um, in crisis or in hardship close by. And we can call that a moral imperative as well. Now, it's also unreasonable or impossible to believe that long term, everyone's going to live in town. and. We can't solve that problem as a municipal government, but it's really important that we realize that we set the tone regionally as the town of Telluride and the way that we present solutions and the way that we collaborate with the other entities, being other governments, the top major employers in town, um and the town of Mountain Village is going to make a profound difference in our outcome and our efficiency and solving the needs of the people here. Um, I, do, I do believe that having people housed in town is good for everybody, and I'm really proud that already it's over 20%. I don't know the exact number. 20% of the downtown Telluride housing stock is already deed restricted or workforce housing in some capacity. And that must be, that must make us the leaders in the state of Colorado. I'd be shocked if if we're not. And the previous councils have worked really hard to continue that trend. And uh, for all of us running for council, we just need to be diligent to make sure that we're pursuing these future projects in the ways that make sense for everyone, and don't um, don't burn bridges, and don't make it harder along the way.
1: Thank you. Uh, Lise, would you like to go next?
3: Sure, yeah, thank you. Um, a lot of what I, I, you took the words out of my mouth, a lot of the things that we need to look at aren't just in the town. Um, regional collaboration working with San Miguel County, working with Mountain Village, the town of Mountain Village, uh, TMVOA, public-private partnerships. Um, You know, we really need to uh, spend a lot of attention on our special interest groups, whether it's the medical professionals that are going to come with the medical facility, our teachers, our firefighters, all of our essential workers. Um, But that's not to exclude everybody else that, uh, you know, wants to uh, make a life here in Telluride and it's um, unfortunately out of their reach. You know, uh, one thing that's really important I think that we need to focus on um, is data-driven decisions. I feel like the impact study that we just went through was a great example of some of the the data-driven decisions that we're making and the price of housing obviously uh, being determined by the demand side of the market which has imploded over the last couple years. Um, I think that um, we need to look at subsidies we need to figure out how to build affordable housing affordably that is such a big huge gap right now um, that people can't actually and and not to not only that but looking at the AMIs we need to create some sort of housing cycle solutions where somebody like myself who got in really lucky about you know eight seven years ago I would love to one day be able to give somebody else the opportunity to move into a two-bedroom unit like I have, but then I don't know where to go because the next jump up is probably closer to $1.5 million for something similar. So I feel like if we if we somehow can create um, an equitable cycle where we can move people like myself who have been lucky enough to uh, get affordable housing literally won the lottery and then be able to somehow move up in something that is um, still affordable and give somebody else that opportunity i think is great last thing i'll say is that our town is um has 80 percent of our of our housing is used we don't have hotels is what i'm trying to say so we also have to think about that we're building new hotels we have the new one ajax hopefully going to be done we have two more coming in mountain village i'm hoping that alleviates some of the real, uh, the constraints that we have, but it's still, we need to, we need to think about this and, cre- and get creative.
2: Um, yeah, so I'm the person who went last on this question. So um, I I would say that I, um, I agree with a lot of, of what um, my fellow candidates here said. Um, I will say, I think that a lot of what we're, what is happening and what we're talking about and what Lee said and what Johnny says, These are um, these are things that are like we can that are going to be solved in uh, in longer time frames. I'm personally um, I want us to focus a little bit on what can we do right now? Because I think that we we kind of like, you know, however, you know, two, three years ago with the pandemic, we're like, oh, we have we have a serious housing issue. And that got the ball rolling on a lot of development. My question is, is that that development is still is still years out um, from being livable for people. So, I champion those those developments that are that are being proposed. I would really like our our community to look at what is a program or an incentive or something that we could do today that would help get people into housing that's already built. Be that ADAs, be that you know units that are currently short-term and long-term like those that to me is like what kind of program can we do that would actually help release some of that pressure on our community that we feel right now and i think that having that be some sort of collaborative incentivized program to really h- help people right now will then set us on track for, you know, these new programs that are coming on, these new developments that are coming on. So that would probably just be my add is that that's something that I want us to really look at um, as Agreed. if I get elected is something like that, a program like that. Absolutely.
1: Um, all right. Let's see if we are caller is still on the line. Hey there. Can you hear us? Hi.
2: Oh, excellent. Thank you for waiting.
1: Um, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear your question now. What's, what have you got for these candidates tonight?
5: I'm going to make this real quick. What I'd like is for you to repeat the name of the government. Let them do this. But I want to know who my son And I haven't heard that name for enough reason.
1: We're having a little trouble hearing you.
5: Sorry. Okay, let's try this real quick.
1: Oh, that sounds good.
5: Okay, so I would love to hear the um, candidates say their names over and over again so that we know who we might want to vote
1: for. Uh, all right, that makes sense. Thank you.
5: And then uh, what also a question would be, what would the candidates do about the entities and people that are abusing the employee dwelling units because there are many of them out there that are that are strictly for employee dwelling and they are not being used for
1: them all right thanks for your question thank um, you and we'll introduce it to the canvas here thank you bye Yep. All right, so we have one person out there interested in voting, so I guess um, (laughs) it's helpful to uh, say your names. Thank you for that feedback. Um, And I believe his question um, had something to do with... uh, um, was about kind of deed restriction compliance. Um, That's my interpretation. Mm -hmm. And uh, the issue of um, workforce housing that is occupied by people who... um, you know, maybe are not in alignment with uh, the deed restriction. Um, and yeah, would, uh, would you all please um, address that? Lichet, maybe you go first this time?
3: Sure. My name is Lichet Benton. Um, so I think Ashley kind of touched on this, but there's a lot of things that we need to do. and quite honestly the last couple years it would have been really really hard to implement any of these things during COVID because people were working remotely or they couldn't work because their jobs were in the restaurants and they couldn't even show up for a while so I think things have settled down a bit now so I know that the the town is definitely working on doing all the necessary compliance checks uh, throughout the deed restrictions that may have been on a slight pause just because of the unnatural nature of the last couple years but also what Ashley said we need to actually create programs that we are looking at the ADUs and the employee dwelling and making sure that things are up to compliance. And, you know, we have to get, uh, we have to get workforce to actually do these, uh, to execute these programs. So everybody's still a little bit struggling from, uh, from COVID coming out of, the, the crunch and the um, the lack of uh, workers that we've had, but I think the caller was absolutely right and it's to Ashley's point, which uh, these are these structures are already built they're already ready for um, for employees and and residents to move into so I think uh, being able to have a better understanding of the capacity and the the ones that are available is essential
2: absolutely
1: Ashley.
3: Uh, This is Ashley. Um,
2: Yeah, I think um, I think that obviously, if if we have these these rules in place, um, we have them in place for a very good reason. And um, I am of the opinion that um, we should 100% be enforcing um, these rules. I agree. I think that probably some of these things like fell through the cracks a little bit during COVID when we were all like, grappling with a pandemic and and you know people were maybe not working full time in town but still occupying units while they worked remotely things like that so i think that i agree with liché that i think we're in a position now where it's like we should be taking you know we should be auditing taking stock you know really making sure that um these spaces because ultimately people got you know tax breaks or incentives and stuff to to build them they didn't have to you know pay as much in taxes or whatever that that it is a service to our community, and we should 100% be enforcing, enforcing that. So, I, yes, we should enforce that. <laughs> okay, so Johnny here, Jonathan Yassine. And
4: as I follow this along, a couple the question is what would we do um, as candidates, or I'm sorry, as elected officials? Um, I understand that this fall there will be compliance checks. With San Miguel Regional Housing Authority and how can we support that I know that's a very very hard-working department and I want to know that our departments and our staff has the adequate resources to do their jobs their jobs are important um, especially a job like this that manages such a important public asset and do they have the support we need and and um, let's let the processes play out. They do exist, and they happen on scheduled times.
1: Thank you uh, during that um, during those answers, we got a call, so let's see if um, that caller is still with us. Hey there you' can you hear us? All right, um, caller, I think we lost you it was kind of a long gap there. Uh, but the line is now clear so please call back in with your question Um, and in the meantime um, what shall we move on to next? Uh, I would say um, we can touch here on environmental challenges Um, is town is the town of Telluride currently well positioned to take on climate change environmental challenges Um, how should the town plan for resilience knowing that um, at a certain point uh, we're going to have to face these changes? Um, And actually, we're getting the caller now, so just uh, marinate on that one and we'll see what this person has to say. Hey there, you're live on Kodo. Can you hear us? I can hear you. I'm I'm listening to you on a little bit of a time delay over the internet,
0: so hopefully I'm coming in at a good time. I would like to ask... candidates, um, how they would settle the Diamond Ridge suit. what they think is the best uh, solution out there that we can stop making lawyers money and start spending money on housing on the Diamond Ridge project.
1: Thank you. All right. Thank you for your call. Um, so the question there was on Diamond Ridge, Diamond Ridge being a, a d- proposed collaborative, um, large housing development near the airport. And that was between the county and the town of Telluride. Um, uh, how would you all, um, settle that issue? Um, and what is your perspective on that issue? Um, Ashley, we can start with you.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, this is Ashley. Um, you know, obviously as as most people know my my family has been you know deeply involved um with the the Diamond Ridge the proposed Diamond Ridge project um and you know for me i think that the Diamond Ridge project to me represents kind of a failure of collaboration and a failure of transparency and um you know my my ultimate you know d- wish hope desire is that um we would as a you know community would would really open ourselves up to um, you know working with um, neighbors and landowners and um, and figuring out a solution for that I think that you know the there right now where it sits is that the the property was the the rezoning of that property has been overturned um, so as an affordable housing um, Property it's not viable at this time. Currently, you could build um, three houses on on the um, three thirty-five acre parcel. So my my hope would be that um, the town and the county would would look to um, you know sell that property um, and reinvest that into property that is already um, buildable. I know that you know Johnny when he was talking about affordable housing talked about keeping things in Telluride. Um, you know, I have lived in Telluride my entire life, and um, the first 10 years of my life, I lived out on the Mesa, where my family is now, and then we moved into town, and we live... My parents lived 20 years in town, and I currently live in town as well, and I will tell you that there is something so vibrant and special about being able to work and live and raise your kids in this in this place, and I would hope that we would be creating um, our community in that image, in, in that the, really the dynamic, um, of, of what makes Telluride special is its community. And that is a huge, huge asset and a huge amount of, you know, special sauce that we have, that that would be my, my desire is that we would, um, really focus, um, You know, high-density housing in in the town of Telluride to keep this place thriving and keep it vibrant and keep locals in town.
1: Thank you. Uh, Jonathan, your response?
4: Yeah, this is Jonathan. Um, You know, again, complex, and I have a couple things to say here, and I don't have the solution is the first thing I would say, but I'll tell you how I think about it. Um, I think this is heartbreaking for everybody involved when i first heard about diamond ridge i was lit up with joy thinking gosh we as a community might get something like a second lawson hill and it will enable so much opportunity for so many families and individuals and we need it so much and we have a solution or maybe we have a solution and then as i As the following weeks unfolded and we learned kind of more how that, more about that, it all kind of started to fall apart ultimately with legal rulings saying that it can't move forward and that's complicated. Um, And it really won't be up to town council how to, what happens with it. But there is more East End master planning on the county level involved that will help shape that future and the town again does set the tone for how these things happen i agree that it was a little bit of a failure of collaboration i don't want to demonize anyone for that but you know in public service a lot of people are doing a lot of things and working tirelessly and very hard and in this case um the transparency and collaboration didn't work in ways that were compatible with other stakeholders there. And future town council people can learn from this and hopefully, hopefully solve it. And if not solve it in that location, be better equipped to solve it in other locations. I, I do also got to say, I think it's really, really encouraging that while this has potentially fallen apart, um, the town of mountain village, has done a really good job with the Alexander Parcel. Also also contentious, also without its greatest fans, but we're going to see a lot of housing in a similar location close to town that will enable a really bright future for a lot of folks, and that process so far seems to have happened in a way that everyone can come to terms with it, and we'll see... I don't know, a hundred or more houses there that our community needs.
1: Uh, Lichet, your thoughts on lessons learned uh, and steps, um, next steps for Diamond Ridge.
3: Yes, thank you. Lichet Betten. Um, yeah, so that was an absolute breakdown of the process. It was a breach of our trust. Um, it was a lack of transparency. Um, I feel like the due diligence just wasn't done. And that's just a real shame because that's the most important part of any type of real estate transaction. Um, You know, not only that, and I know it was rushed through, and and maybe for all um, good intentions, but I feel like we need to do a better job if we're going to be uh, tackling this type of uh, complex um, project and make sure that it has uh, community planning involved, that there's multi-use, that there's open space, that there's free market all together so it's a vibrant community, not just... I know that the intention wasn't just to put everybody up on a hill, but there's no resources there. There's no utilities. The infrastructure is not there. Childcare, fire departments, roads, buses, uh, parks, uh, baseball parks and dog parks. I mean, there was nothing. There was no foresight into that. It was just a rush to push something through just for the sake of having completed Um, to check a box and I feel like we learned um, a huge lesson from that I feel like we have to grow we have to gain trust again with each other and our our community and I hope that we can do that in a much more transparent and engaged uh, process next time
1: thank you Um, we actually have uh, the special privilege of a um, in person walk in walk up question Um, so the uh, guest mic is going to turn on here, and we'll hear it.
0: Thank you. Um, my name is Bob Beener. Coming up, on 46 years since I moved here. And all of you are really brilliant, and, you know, I'd vote for any one of you. But I'm going to give you a, a challenge that will make a big difference in this community. And will get my vote. Um, So I've always had this uh, vision of, we have housing here. It's right here, in front of our face. And what is it? It's that house over there that's never used. It's that house over there that's never used. It is all in our community. My experience with that house right behind the fire department is that I lived in it for 16 years because I went up to the people and I said, hey, you don't use your house. Can I live there? And and they said yes. And it worked out great for us. So my vision is to work with maybe Telluride Foundation and the whole area and give an incentive and a vehicle for second homeowners to actually have somebody living in their house. And it's a clearinghouse where you vet the people who are interested in being a uh, house sitter, a caretaker, um, and sometimes a caregiver. and um, And you make it so there's also a little incentive. Most people, okay, yeah, if I saved a little bit on my taxes that would be nice if I have a local living in the house That's one of, you have to be creative I, I can't give you all the ideas but you know and you all talked about being cooperative and if you the one who's most cooperative and brings all six candidates together to try to figure this out I know the Telluride Foundation is open to this I've talked to them but Personally, I don't have the time to put it together. And I think as a community leader and somebody who wants to help fix the, not fix, but this one little thing can make a big difference in the immediate future. So put together a plan. There's your golden nugget. And if you uh, grab it and dig a little deeper, you're going to have a gold mine.
1: All right. Thank you. Uh, And is the question just uh, what they make of this proposal? And um, yeah, Uh, maybe pop in with um, your thoughts, candidates, and out-of-the-box solutions for housing.
2: Can I go first? Sure. Great. Um, You actually uh, have parroted back a program that um, is something that I actually looked into doing and is something that I really want us as a community to look into doing. There is a program really similar to what you're talking about called Landing Locals. Um, Breckenridge has a, I think, um, Tahoe, some other areas, and basically what it is is it's an incentive program for people to rent long-term. And so whether that be that you have a an house that's empty and you're renting it, or that you have something that was short term that you're transferring into the long term. Um, but it's an incentive program um, that is a, a, a nonprofit that uh, vets people. Like It's kind of like a matchmaking service between people who are, who are needing housing and people who have housing to potentially offer. And then they get a financial incentive. Um, you know i've i've talked to uh people in the community about this uh some people think it's great some people get a little sour when we talk about you know incentivizing somebody who by all accounts is already very financially successful and that sometimes feels icky but i will say this i think that you always catch more flies with honey than with vinegar and i can tell you we've we've we did, you know, the, the limits on the short term housing. Some people might say that they weren't dramatic enough, but we didn't see any great change in, in the um, availability of housing to locals. So my counter to that would be let's try an incentive program, be that either, you know, you for X number of years, if you rent full long term, be that six months or a year leases for people and you get some sort of financial incentive or you get a, a break on your on your taxes. I think the big thing that is is difficult for people to sometimes grapple with is that, you know. What you just said in that story was you went up to that homeowner and you looked them face to face and said, hey, I want to rent your property. That's not really an opportunity that that most people feel like they have or they don't have the gusto to go and do that. And I think that because of that, people a lot of time will like to label our part-time residents, second homeowners as cold or that they don't care about the community. But I feel like it's more of like we have not created an avenue for people to meet each other for there to be some sort of system to be like hey you know you want a family in here we've got a family that wants to come in you just want a single person in here we got a single person like that type of a system so yes i 100 percent want to figure out this stewardship program for um renting to people that in structures that are already built so yes
1: jonathan do you want to hop in with your thoughts
4: yeah Ashley spoke really, really well on that, and I I tend to agree with everything she said. And there's a couple things to add here. One is we're absolutely right, she's absolutely right, that you catch way more with honey than with vinegar, and that there is a misconception, in my experience, that second homeowner's, are cold or disinterested or greedy or whatever. What I actually have found in all my years here is that people crave to be part of the fabric of the community and they want to help. They really do. And um, that's why we have so many amazing nonprofits that are so well-funded. People want to be involved and they want to be generous. Um, so we do need these programs. I think that one fun and great incentive this kicks this gets my wheels turning was the coffee line at butcher and the baker great idea i don't know how much housing it created um but i think that things like that have legs where you know tax incentives are great and they'll work for a lot of people there is a level of wealth out there that money doesn't speak to them but social capital really does And with all the people like that that I know, their time is the most valuable thing they have. And when they come here to spend time and they crave the opportunity to be here, they want to be well received. And if it's within their means and there's ways to help facilitate that, they'll be drawn to it. The legwork is the next step and the next question. Um, I really believe that a lot of business owners will love to participate in whatever is presented and it'll go through many drafts of just ways to make people feel like, hey, I came to Telluride, I, had, I was short on time, but I finally made it there, unplanned, whatever, and the red carpet was rolled out for me and um, I didn't feel like I had to compete for service and all the different things that make it unpleasant here for someone if they might feel like a stranger Um, it's highly achievable and uh, it's something that um, that will get all of the alley houses and the ADUs potentially uh, with lights on and locals housed there's a lot of details to work out
1: Lichet your thoughts on this
3: thank you yeah Lichet Benton um Bob, I really like your idea. Um, I'm actually lucky that I have um, a background in lodging, and I have all these amazing relationships with homeowners. And that's what is the magical part, is the relationship. And I'm no longer um, in in the same position, but I still have those relationships. And I actually use those still to help nonprofits in the community, because they don't have the funds, because they are nonprofits. uh, they they still I, I like to be that bridge because I have those relationships so I actually will help AHA and some other nonprofits in the area to actually connect them with homeowners to make sure that they can you know just for a house uh, house cleaning fee be able to you know h- house the artists and the chefs and the cooks and, I mean, and the and the the summer camp um, teachers and I think that that is exactly what Ashley's talking about, is building those relationships and being able to find a way to um, give a a kickback, or not even a kickback, but some sort of, um, like you said, social equity, something that's important to those homeowners, because the difference between now and 45 years ago when you knocked on that door is the advent of Airbnb and property values, you know, so what you rented it for back then is now out of reach, for a lot of those locals. So we need to fill that gap. We need to partner them with the right people, the right properties. Like Ashley said, you know, some people come and they use their house for six months, so that wouldn't make sense. But there are low-hanging fruit, and there are homeowners that are motivated to do this, and that they'd be willing to, if we can be that bridge, and form those relationships. Because in my ideal world, that's exactly what happens. They then have a relationship with that tenant, and they are the property manager, or at least the eyes on the property. And they are their, their, their connection to tell you're right and it makes them feel like they're in the fabric of the community
1: Um, candidates thank you all for your um, very thoughtful responses Um, and Bob thank you for your question (laughs) Uh, (laughs) we are over time this evening but I do want to give you all the opportunity as promised to give a closing statement Um, so if there's anything on your mind that you didn't get to share this evening um, or if you'd like to make a final pitch or uh, um, a summary, uh, feel free to do so now. Um, Lisha, can I offer you to go first? I'm sorry I had you go sure. last on no, those that's last okay. I'm two ready. questions. I'm ready. Um, all right.
3: Okay, Lisha Ben. <laughs> um, so as an established resident of this magical resort town, I'm acutely aware of the issues and concerns that matter most to our community at large. From our impending and formidable infrastructure challenges, to our urgent need for sustainable, quality health care for the region, from the gravity of truly needing affordable community housing, but yet also advocating for a vibrant and thriving local economy. From my experience serving on multiple Telluride commissions and boards over the last decade, I recognize that the decisions and the lack of decisions made by our Town Council can have a profound and lasting impact on both our full and part-time residents. But more importantly, I recognize that the healing benefits of unity can forge within a fractured community. Therefore. With the the heavy lifting of our fabulous town staff, I vouch that for the next four years, I will work collaboratively to shape and define our unified regional goals. And as a council member, I will always seek to actively listen and effectively communicate the best and highest purpose for our entire community. I believe we need to rebuild trust, not only with our local government, but also with each other, our neighbors, by encouraging open communication, ensuring transparent dialogue, and listening with respect and empathy. With this promise, I look forward to continued stewardship of this extraordinary place that we get to call home.
1: Thank you. Ashley?
2: Um, I did not have such an eloquently prepared closing statement. So, um, I mean, basically all I'm going to say in my last few moments here, I won't take a lot of time, is that, you know, I believe that Telluride has all of the ingredients and all of the capabilities to solve a lot of these problems or at least make serious gains on a lot of these problems and I think that you know when when we get down to it it's really about communication collaboration and compromise and if we can come to the table with those three things in our minds I think that we are going to find ourselves in in a much better place as a community. So um, if those things sound good to you, then um, I would love to have your vote.
4: Jonathan, you've seen here, we all love Telluride and similar things draw us here, and they keep us here. And a lot of us struggle to stay here. We all know it's a magnificent place to build a life or to spend a few years. Living here, working here, raising a family is outrageously rewarding, it's uniquely challenging. Um, My drive as a citizen and as a leader is to foster continued community and also to make the decisions or be a part of the conversations to shepherd economic vitality. While Telluride can feel divided and contentious, I don't believe that growth and feeding a strong economy is mutually exclusive to a deep community. I will always work in the interest of strong economy, community, quality of life for locals and for the people who support us as locals by visiting and um, visiting repeatedly. My style is collaborative, I value listening and I usually listen more than I speak. I'm a uniter and a problem solver as are all, all business owners out there I think. I constantly think towards the future, and I value the civility, the collaboration, the transparency, and accountability. Uh, Most of all, I know democracy is really hard work, and it's the most important work. Um, And I would ask for your trust and for your vote. It would be a profound honor and a deep responsibility. Um, voting for me will allow me to advocate for you, whether you're a worker, a business owner, someone trying to raise your family here, or wondering if you have a realistic future in the Telluride region. My goal is to balance unity in Telluride so that we can grow, maintain our li- our livability, and be vibrant and sustainable.
2: Can I do a quick PSA as an election official? Um, I realize that like there might be a little bit of confusion with the ballot this year, potentially because we have two sitting town council members that are running for mayoral office that could potentially open up a third seat in the town council. When you fill out your ballot, make sure that you only vote for two people. You can undervote and only vote for one if there's only one person that you want to vote for town council. But do not vote for three, even if you think that one of those people might make it on to the out of the town council into the mayoral. Your, your ballot will be discarded because it'll be overvoted. So please only vote for two town council and one mayoral. That's a great point. Thank you. <laughs>
1: um, all right, candidates, thank you all for your time this evening uh, and your thoughtful responses. Um, thank you listeners for tuning in and thank you rock and Rob for graciously standing by while we run over into your show. So we will get off the air. Um, thanks, I will thanks, say, <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks y'all. Kevin. Um, I will just say that, uh, next week on off the record, we'll be back with part two of our election forum. Cause there are three more candidates, um, for council. Um, And Election Day is November 7th. Ballots are mailed out in Telluride on October 16th, so they should be in your box then. Stay tuned to Koto News uh, for the latest election coverage, and you can um, submit your question or follow our coverage at KOTO.org. All right. Thank you for tuning in, and please enjoy the rest of the evening at uh, KOTO Telluride.